Hello, welcome to Drop Bar Texas, a cycling podcast about riding and racing in Texas. I'm Paul, and with me again tonight is my good friend Dan Garcia. Got hey, Paul. My notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me back, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. Welcome. So, thanks for coming back. I I didn't know if you'd show. Well, you know, I mean, I wanted to go out tonight, and apparently you're not allowed to go out any night, so you've got me here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, um, I, don't know, I, I hear Corona's on special, though, right now, so. Too soon, Paul. <laughs> Too soon, okay. All right. Well, all right, um, well, so before we get into the, the the uh, discussion tonight, because uh, I know everybody's waiting to hear what our thoughts are on Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but I do have a, a couple of updates. Actually, just really one update about racing in Texas. Dan, did, did you know that there's racing still happening? I did not. I mean, I don't know how it's possible, but I'm sure you're going to enlighten all of us. <laughs> I, I am. So, I mean... You know, there's bike racing outside of, uh, like, when we were kids and just racing to the street light or something. Oh, no, that's what I thought we were doing, like making wooden ramps and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we should try that. I'd, you know, I'd be interested to see if uh, if I could still do it. But, yeah. um, I, don't, I don't have a body built for wooden ramps anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I broke a couple of bikes when I was younger. Not Not mine, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so so basically that right now what's going on there's no physical racing out there in in terms of like out on on the road or out on the course or something um you know we've got to kind of socially distance ourselves um ourselves but there is virtual racing um you know Austin's driveway series which is a, a famous crit series that happens uh from March all the way until I think it ends in October um, well, because they can't race right now, they're, they've gone virtual and, and uh, they, they've taken their race onto Zwift. Uh, Zwift, if you're not familiar with that, is a, is a platform online, um, where you can, you can race your bike. Uh, it's kind of like a video game, but your bike is, is hooked up to your trainer and you're actually, you're getting a workout in and what have you. Um, and you're racing other people, um, wherever they may be, you know, here in the states or across the world, um, it's it's pretty huge. So, but um, yeah, so so that's been going on. Looks like Matrix RBM has uh, some Zwift racing going on too. I I think you might have to be a member of their club to do it though. But um, but that's a couple of them out there, and and I know several clubs like uh, Northwest Cycling Club, the the one that I'm a member of, has been doing Thursday night events uh, for its club members. So. Um, so yeah, so a lot of I know a lot of riders are are getting their their workouts in through Zwift, and um, I think the other one out there is RBT is is another one. Um, you know, personally, I I'm still going out and doing solo rides, and I know there are other people still getting in uh, solo rides too. Um, that's still allowed, um, even during these uh, these stay at home orders. You can still go out and get get your your uh, exercise in. You just gotta stay at least six feet away from people um you know or if you're moving on on the bike you know then you need to increase that distance and what have you so um so yeah so solo has been what i've been doing but 
Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the uh, the racing that's been going on out there. So, Dan, have you, have you had any desire to check out any online bike racing? Uh, no, but I will tell you something that I do do engage in is like there's 5Ks out there. There's something called a virtual 5K. Yeah. Where you run it and you time yourself on your own, and then you submit your time to this company, and then you get a, a medal for for running a 5K. Nice. So I've done a couple of those where I don't have time to get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning to run a 5K. So I sign up for these races, and I'll just run it on my own time and then get rewarded for it. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, I've, se- I've seen some other people do that, too. Um, you know, I'll see them post, especially, like, if, they, if they're rained out and things. That, yeah. It, it seems like a lot of people do that, too. So Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see. <laughs> Did you drink because I said nice? <laughs> no. <laughs> now that you say that, <laughs> maybe it's like Pavlovian. Now every time you oh, say nice, yeah. just what's going in my head? I'm going to drink. Yeah, yeah. It, to to clue you in, my wife was uh, suggesting that um, my podcast become a drinking game. That every time I say nice, or what was the other one? Um, what have you? What have you? Yep. <laughs> that, that you got to drink. So, um, anyway, so if, if you like the virtual world, check those races out. Uh, check out Zwift or RBT. Um, it it may be the only racing that we get for some time. So, anyway, all right. So, Dan, I know uh, I know you're you're not here to talk about racing though. So, but maybe you are, because you know we're going to be talking about um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Paul, let me just say, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah. to rewatch it for this podcast, I learned a lot of things that I didn't catch on as a kid. And so, as we talk about it, I'm going to bring these things up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, um. Yeah, man, it's a, I I really enjoyed watching it again. Um, I, I mean, I know we we watch it probably a couple of times a year. Um, like my my wife and I we've um, at our wedding, my wife did her father daughter dance to tequila, and nice. uh, and and yeah, so they they re, they reenacted uh, that scene, the two of them, and. Uh, so yeah, so we we've got a, a connection to that, and uh, I think this is the epitome of bike movies. This is absolutely what you were talking about when you wanted to do podcasts about bike movies. Um, it it accentuates the bike, and I mean, it's all about the bike. It it is. It's uh, I mean, it it the uh, the movie starts with the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the the opening scene he's dreaming about winning the Tour de France. I don't know if he had to pay licensing for that, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it did not look like uh, 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 the finish in France. But uh, the but, production yeah. value was not very high. That budget no. wasn't very high. <laughs> no, no. And who who wears aero helmets? That's what I was going to ask and, you. And in, in, in the main peloton. You know? Is that a thing? Um, it 
if if you're in a time trial, the time trial stage or the team time trial stage, then yeah, aero helmets are you know, you'll do that, you know. Um but um but for for the the a main stage where it's you're, the whole peloton's there, yeah, yeah, that's that's a bit on unu- <laughs> you. That's <laughs> unusual. We we would probably refer to that person as a Fred if they showed up to the group. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds funny. First ride ever, dude. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I hope you're not giving away your little secrets. I mean, your little oh, secrets. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, yeah. Well, Paul, before we start talking about the movie, I got a few little tidbits uh, about the movie that, I mean, once you got me to join this podcast, I I fully immersed myself in it. So I I did some research about the movie, and I found out some really interesting things about it. Uh, So if you don't mind, I'd like to give a couple tidbits, and then we can start talking about the movie. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I, I, I looked up the basics, you know, it was a $6 million budget and $41 million box office. So it, it was deemed pretty successful as yeah. compared to what it was production cost. And five million of that was for the bike, right? Maybe. In, in your world, Paul, yes. <laughs> uh, interesting fact, this movie was intended to be a remake of Disney's Pollyanna originally. And so when Paul Rubens was on set, he saw people riding around on bikes and he asked them if he could have a bike to ride around. And they gave him a 1940s beach, beach cruiser, which he fell in love with. And he went and talked to Phil Hartman and they retooled the script to be this movie here instead of the remake for Pollyanna. Um, and I know I mentioned, you mentioned it earlier to me. Uh, it's kind of an homage to the bicycle thief, which is an Italian movie. Uh, I don't remember what year it was like the, 30s, 40s, or something like that. Uh, but it follows along, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then there's a couple of firsts involved. This is Tim Burton's full first full uh, full length feature, um, and this is the first time Danny Elfman was a composer with Tim Burton. And if you know, if anyone knows anything about movies, they went on to do a bunch of great movies. Right? Yeah, because it. I think um, was the progression. Like he did this, which led to Beetlejuice, and yep. then to Batman. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, he. I mean, and you think of directors. I mean, it, they all have their start, and and uh, what a start that this was. I mean, it, it when it came out. Um, I think the first the first time I saw it. I mean, I. I don't remember how old I was or, or whatever, you know, when I first saw it. I, I just, I just remember my mind was blown, you know, yeah. about, about this bike. It was like, you know, what about this movie? It was like, you know, I mean, it, it so much of it just seemed out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it all worked, you know, it was, it was, it, it was amazing, you know, and, and I had forgotten personally that the movie actually came before the television series. Oh yeah, this is, but you know? the, the, the television series was on his mind. The success of this movie is what got the, the, the studios interested in creating the television show. Right. So, right. because another project he had in, in mind was this movie could have been about the cast from Pee Wee's Playhouse go on a road trip. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was also one of the, the scripts they had available. So. 
yeah. but yeah, yeah, Tim Burton, the reason Paul Rubens had a list of directors he wanted to work with, and Tim Burton was not on that list, but the studios rejected all the directors he wanted, and a friend of his told him about a short, uh, there was a short movie called Frankenweenie, which Tim Burton directed, and it turned, it turned out to be a full-length movie later on down the road, but they saw that movie, and he wanted him to come do it, and so that's how he got involved in the project, so... It's a, just a splatter of luck, really. Yeah, yeah. And did um did you catch his cameo? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he's one of the gang members in the rain. <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> and the, my last little tidbit of information, you, we already talked about this, is that there were ten to twelve bikes produced made for this movie from a little bike shop called Pedal Pusher Bike Shop in Newport, California. Uh, and for payment for making these bikes, they were given an option of either $10,000 or in-movie screen credits. And the bike shop shows, chose the $10,000. So uh, personally, in hindsight, I would have been going with the screen credits. Could have got that advertising for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I was really hoping that they were truly made by Chuck's Bikerama. <laughs> <laughs> One can only wish. <laughs> But so uh, want, yeah, want, are there are there any of those bikes still out there? Um, I think you mentioned before. But. There was one sold. The last one I read about was sold on eBay in 2014 for like thirty six thousand dollars. And then there's one that's in a film museum in Philadelphia. Okay. But that's all I could dig up on the bikes. The bikes are there. So if anyone else knows of any of these bikes available, Paul is willing to buy one. <laughs> One dollar. One dollar. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So, so let's, uh, let's dig into the movie a little bit. You know, I, I mean, um, we already covered, I mean, it started with the Tour de France. I mean, it, if that doesn't tell you already that that's, that this is going to be a bike movie, I don't know what does. You know, um, one thing I noticed about the whole Tour de France scene is that and it, it's throughout the whole movie, the theme. There, there's a couple of themes throughout the movie, but this sets up that this is a grown man dreaming in child dreams. Because if you look at the Tour de France, yeah, he wins in that, but the whole trophy ceremony, in his mind, the interpretation of the Eiffel Tower as a small little tower, that's a child's dream. That's not a man's dream. Because most people, grown adults that would dream about that, would have the real Eiffel Tower behind them. <laughs> and so, but if you look at all the dream sequences he has, they're all kids' dreams. Yeah. And so it, it, it's interesting. The concept of the movie is that this is a grown man who's living out living out a child's life. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. I, um. You know. But I I did wonder though too. Is like, is is Pee Wee just is he secretly an engineer? You know. I mean, you yeah. look at at his house. You know, or an inventor of some kind, you know, because he has, has, you know, all of these gadgets set up around the house, you know, that make his pancakes, feed his dog, you know. um, It's got this elaborate secret bat cave for his uh, for his bike, you know. So Mm -hmm. I don't know either he's just either he's really wealthy or he's uh, he's an engineer or do do we know do we know the background of Pee Wee? We don't, but there are a lot of fan theories out there that Pee Wee made his money by selling contraptions like that, like Rube Goldberg machines and stuff like that. 
Ah, I've okay. read a couple of different fan theories about that. Okay. Okay. Um, none, none of them involved him being a secret agent. No, none at all. No, no, none okay. at all. All right. Um, I did notice too when he got on the scale, he's got an excellent race weight. Ninety-eight pounds. Yes. Yes. He. Great well, race weight for bikes. He's got the skinny arms like a true cyclist, and and he wears white shoes. Which, if you're a cyclist, a road cyclist, you know, you you always wear white. Well, I did not know that. I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time I pull out the beach cruiser. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but that that dream sequence is cool, and his house is amazing. It's the house I would have wanted as a kid. Even I'm not gonna lie. Even as an adult, I might want that house. <laughs> what was your favorite favorite part of the house? Um, the fireman pole that went from his bedroom down to his living room <laughs> that changes your clothes automatically. <laughs> that that uh, yeah that that does make um, getting dressed in the morning uh, a lot easier if it does it for you. Kind of kind of like a, like a Jetsons thing, but yeah, more fun. I, I imagine. Oh yeah. Do you remember yeah. Mr. T cereal? I do, I do. Um, yeah, I, I, I used to eat some, some Mr. T cereal. I don't think I ever, you know, well, maybe, maybe, um, uh, when I watched his show, maybe I would talk to the cereal and say, I pity the fool. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Mr. T cereal, because they had a whole cartoon called Mr. T and Friends where they would go and like rescue, save the world. And that's where the cereal came from. I remember that clearly as a kid. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it just, um, yeah, it was great, man. I, I love all those cereals back then. Tons of sugar, though. Mm-hmm. Tons of sugar. They're still like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was, uh, he was carb loading well. Yeah, he had, he had, uh, he had his toast, his pancakes, and then, of course, <laughs> uh, Mr. T cereal. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that I would eat pancakes that had stuck to my ceiling first, you know, but, Probably uh, not. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, so that was good. Um, I, I do wonder though, you know, that, that secret bike room. Uh huh. I got, I got to wonder because, you know, one of the things in, you know, full disclosure, I, when we bought our house, I, I had to move my bikes to the garage. And, you know, before that, they've always been inside the house. Oh, the horror fall. Uh, yes, yes, the horror. But, and, and, and I, I wondered though about um uh about the bike room that he has at the garage. Um if it, it it looks pretty nice in there. I mean it's dark, but you know, it's got the fancy light spotlight on the bike and everything. So I was wondering if is that garage climate controlled? I, I wouldn't pet it put it past him. And I, I noticed him I, polishing the bike, you know, a I clean bike yes. is a fast bike. So yeah. I would, I would say yes. I would say that bike room was probably good enough to live in for a human. <laughs> it, it probably was. It probably was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so any, anything else about that, the, the, that first part? Um, a couple of, a couple of things. Uh, why is Francis just walking down the street if he's that rich? Why doesn't he have a car? He's just, Casually strolling down the street before he runs into Pee Wee. And he's walking in a middle class neighborhood when he obviously later on we see the huge house that he has. I just found it funny. 
Yeah, I, I I don't trust anybody that wears a jumpsuit. No, with your own initials on it. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I I do think that FB though. I I know it stands for uh, Francis. Uh, what, what's the last uh, name again? Uh, what but, is it? Button. Button. Yeah. Button. Yeah. But I think FB is a precursor to fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might be right. You might be onto something, Paul. You might be. Enough. We don't discriminate against fat people. We just think it's obvious. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, that was one of my questions. And two, do kids? I don't remember this as a kid, but do BMX kids always just wear BMX gear everywhere they go? Yeah, because those kids obviously just have BMX gear everywhere they go. I, I just I thought it was a California thing. I don't remember that at all when I was in California. I thought it was just a a bike thing. I mean, here here in Texas, I mean, you know, when you're riding your BMX bike, you're stealing your boots. So, oh well, <laughs> or at least you know, I was when I was a I've, kid. I've never been a BMX kid, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, no, I I'm, yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't remember um, you know growing up um, seeing seeing BMX kids just rolling around in in their BMX gear. Shoulder pads, like they just left football practice or something, you know? Yeah. So, so that's yeah. all I really had for those opening scenes that really, I, I did like, like the opening scenes, uh, especially the bike stunts part and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty cool. I remember doing that on my beach cruiser when I was a kid, trying to at least. Oh yeah. Oh, with your legs out to the side? Legs out to the side and stuff like that. One, yeah. One, one hand on the handlebars. Mm hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I just jumped ramps and I would skid out through uh, through water puddles. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. I, I did a lot of that, and uh, you know, I I know my mom had to patch a lot of jeans growing up. So, but um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So, moving yeah, so, yeah. Moving on, moving on. Okay, so we got um. So we got that. We've got the BMX highlights. You know, those kids, you know, really kind of. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they were too impressed with his bike tricks, though. No, no, not at all. Not, at least not early on. Them. Yeah. Um. Now, so he goes to the he goes to the magic shop and and what have you. Um. There's an important lesson there. Never chain your bike to a clown. Never. Never ever. I I'd never I've never trusted clowns in general. And oh yeah, don't, yeah. You you have a fear of clowns, don't you? I hate clowns with a passion. Cannot stand them. Was so that, that would have been a big no for me immediately. <laughs> was that scene traumatic for you? Uh, Did you have to pass through it? And then it got worse when the clown turned all evil and started laughing all evil. <laughs> yeah. Did I don't remember? Did Did the clown have a red balloon? I don't remember no, if he did. We, we yeah. have never seen that movie, and we will not get into that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the so, funny thing uh, is, the funny thing is, Kiwi in regular awake times has an affinity for clowns and dinosaurs because there's that theme that goes like there's a lot of clown references in his house and dinosaur references, but in all his dreams, clowns and dinosaurs are bad. Yeah, and so it's like. He really has that childhood fear, but in adult life, he doesn't care. But it's it, the the fear is in him. It really is. 
it's like I think it's like you know you 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 watch uh, if you like watching scary movies, you know, you, you'll risk a few nightmares for it. You know, <laughs> I don't take those risks, Paul. Oh well, yeah, I I used to. Yeah, my wife doesn't care for them very much, so so I, I have to watch them by myself now. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you know, I I I find it. I find it hard to believe that, you know, if you you care that that much about your bike, and you've got one using that much chain, that just leaves a lot of slack in the in, in the chain, you know, to 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 cut it and what have you. And then the other thing is he's wrapped it around a clown, which means there's it it's not secure. I mean, if you're tall enough. You could just yeah. lift that thing right over, you know. Yeah. I mean, you don't. You would never, you know. I I never chain my bike up to a um, a street sign, for example. You <laughs> know, um, that's, that's just smart, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also, you can never win the Tour de France with that much chain in your bike. That's just too heavy. <laughs> well, it looked like he was on a flat section. So. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Or, or he's doping. Oh, one or the other. Or he has it. Maybe that beach cruiser has a has an electric motor hidden in it. We can only dream. Okay. <laughs> so conspiracy theories of Runamuck. All right. So, um, all right. So, so let's see. We've got. Uh, great. We've covered the clown. Um, yeah, I, I did wonder. You know, when he when he confronts Francis. Uh, Buxton, that's his name. Buxton. Buxton. Okay. Buxton. Yeah. So when he confronted him, I, he was sitting in this, uh, in, in that, in the big chair with the, with the, I think it was a tiger behind him. And I did wonder, was he the first Tiger King? <laughs> Is that what you wondered, Paul? <laughs> I there did. were a lot, there were a lot of, uh, tigers and animals trophies in that room. A little creepily too many, too many if you ask me. Uh, but he could have been. He might have, could have been. I mean, I think the Tiger King likes his tigers alive, and so who yeah. knows? Yeah. And, and when you need to get rid of a bike, hire a greaser. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That guy was totally a greaser. <laughs> like he was in the wrong movie. He should. He should have been in a movie ten years earlier than that. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, one thing. One thing I did notice is. How quickly the cops just dismiss his lost bike. They're like, eh, it'll turn up. But two, when when he's in the police station, if you pay attention, there are a couple of hookers behind him. Like, you could see him get up and they're like in hooker gear. Uh, and that is like one of the first sexual overtones of this movie that I noticed this time around that I didn't mm-hmm. notice as a kid. <laughs> like, they're like legitimate prostitutes walking around that police station. I, I did not pick up on that <laughs> yeah i mean i mean I, I when i'm watching the movie i'm like oh look at those two chicks in the background oh those are hookers hold on <laughs> well yeah I, I i totally missed that so of course i was watching it with my wife so oh okay uh, yeah gotta avert avert the eyes so um yeah let's see we've got uh what, what else was going on there um so what I, what we can establish is that when he was in the 
basement of his house with all the people in there. That is a map of San Francisco on the wall. So Pee Wee Herman lived in San Francisco at the time. That's where all this started. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I didn't even pick up on that either. Yeah. Tell yeah. you, Paul, I did some deep diving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've definitely got a got an eye there. Um, yeah, it's like you know, he he goes to a fortune teller, um, yeah, and, and I would never trust a fortune teller, but I guess desperate times call for desperate measures. But um, don't forget, she was a fortune teller that also did your income taxes because it said I it on the window. That. Yeah, you you probably could uh, spend your refund there. Exactly, too. exactly. <laughs> and we did we did overlook the scene that we talked about earlier when he's walking in the rain. That gang was not a very good gang that tried to jump him, led by Tim Burton. Yeah. They were scared. They were scared pretty easily. They they were, but you know it it brings back. Um, oh, I think it was a um, who was it? Was it Chris Rock, or maybe it was Eddie Murphy? One one of them uh, in one of their skits was talking about uh, how how to make sure you um, you win a fight, and it's just you just got to look crazier than the other guy. <laughs> well, that he did. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, so he gets over there. Um, and he just hands over his wallet, like, you know, here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think but, at that point, he's so desperate for his bike and he's so desperate to hear what he wants to hear that he didn't even care about his wallet. That he just wants to find this bike. He's uh, in a crazy state at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but also we have to pay attention that he paid this lady like 12 bucks at most. Yeah, there was not a lot of money in that wallet. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I guess uh, you know money went a lot further back then. So mm-hmm. That or, or she was just really, really needing to pay the rent. Oh yeah. So, but um, but so then, and this leads to the Texas connection. Yeah, in the oh, in yeah. the movie, so we get you know she she uh, puts. Uh, Al and Mo together and, and sends him on his way to to the basement of the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Or in search of the basement of the Alamo. So, yeah. so and and so the, the trek begins at that point. Um The Adventure. Yeah, the adventure, yes. <laughs> the adventure, thank you. So um So his first guest that he meets well first first of all, first of all, I have a problem. That was definitely not the shape of Texas. <laughs> so there was a big dip in there somewhere. That was not Texas. And secondly, I was a little upset that that star wasn't over San Antonio. But doing a little deep dive, that star is actually over. There's a there's this town in Texas that has a replica of the Alamo where they do a lot of filming. And that's mm. where they put that star there, ah. that little town. But okay. that shape was not Texas, first of all. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. So, um, yeah, I did, I did, uh, you know, dig, you know, him getting, getting on his way there to, to Texas, you know, that's, um, that's always a, a, a nice piece there. Now, when, um, when he hooks up with, um, with Mickey, with, with, with Mickey, yeah, you know, that, that was interesting. I, I, I uh, you know, when he, when he, 
they dress up to get past the cops. I think I think Mickey kind of dug it. Oh no, that's sexual overtone number two. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes: Did Mickey want to bang Pee Wee as a girl? <laughs> because that's exactly he, he had what been, I saw. He had been in the joint a long time. Oh, I know, absolutely, because he was liking it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the cop did too. He, oh yeah, yeah. Pee Wee looked like olive oil from Popeye. So. <laughs> and yeah, they changed so. quick. And that just tells me Pee Wee had this outfit ready to go as fast as they changed. Yeah, yeah. I I think he uh, I think he has a little side career going there. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, where did he hide it? I mean, was it was it in the was it in his uh, his little hobo knapsack? I, or? I believe so. I I take it as. That little knapsack is, do you remember the Felix the Cat cartoons where he had a bag and he could just pull anything out of the bag? Yeah. So yeah. that knapsack is that. He could pull anything out of that knapsack and, cause he had all of his gadgets from the magic shop mm-hmm. in there also. So, yeah. yeah. He yeah. has a magic bag. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Hermione's magic, magic purse. Exactly. If we want to make the reference more recent. <laughs> Instead of aging me in my 1970s cartoons. Oh, well, we're, we're both. The same age, essentially. I think yep. within a year or two each o- of each other. But I will. You're older. I am. I am. <laughs> uh, I feel it. Yeah. So um, now, now, when he um, he gets picked up by Large Marge. Yep. Yeah. And a little fun fact: I I, I never caught this in any of the uh, previous times that we watched it, but. Large Marge died on January 11th, and that is my wedding anniversary. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> that is a great connection. Yeah. That's a great connection, Paul. <laughs> so, but if uh, we're going to start talking about time continuity, so she died January 11th, 1974. In the stories, they say it's 10 years to the date. So that makes it January 11th, 1984. When he gets to San Antonio, they're doing a Day of the Dead festival, which is in October. So there's a lack of continuity there. <laughs> I, I think he he must have taken some side trips. Yeah, huh? possibly. I mean, not easy to get to Texas from California. No, no, it's it's not. You know, who knows how long he was in the hospital? Uh, you know, with after crashing the motorcycle and. And what have you, so. That's true. But, I mean, going back to Large Marge, that's probably one of the most iconic scenes in a, in a movie of all time. Uh, people talk about that, that scene still. Yeah. Yeah, De- Deanna actually uh, mentioned uh, that, that, that that scene used to scare the crap out of her when she was a kid. That scene scared the crap out of me like two hours ago when I watched it. <laughs> It's it's such a great scene, you know the the mix of uh, well, you know the whole movie, um, you know the, the opportunities that they take to to mix live action and and uh, 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 claymation, you know, I mean in the stop motion uh, film and what have you. I mean, I I think they they just do a great job of mixing the, those two um, uh, um, film film methods, you know, so. And his car, his television series did that as well, you know, you know oh, yeah. in between, you know, so they had or little even, shorts. Even, would... even at the point where he almost crashed the car, 
there's maybe about 20 seconds of just animation with his eyes mm-hmm. moving around. So it's a good mixture of all three types of filming. It was really cool. Yeah. 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 And also yeah. in that scene, if you pause it right when it lights up, those are the worst taxidermy animals I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they are scary. It's only on the screen for like three seconds, but I pause it and there are some, there are some scary stuff in that scene. <laughs> A lot of bears with funny-looking mouths. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch it again. So, see see what you're talking about there. Yeah. But so, um, yeah, but the large march scene was great. I know I know people always talk about that scene, um, but it also it, it also goes back to my original theory. You know, he that that probably didn't really happen. This is a mind of a child in a man's body to imagine that. Which would lead me to question, and this is something we could discuss at the end. When he's, when his bike got stolen and he passed out, is the rest of this movie just in his mind? Per, perhaps, uh, I, I don't know, you know, I, I've not thought of it that way, you know, um, yeah, that's there's, an no interesting payoff, question. There's, no, there's no payoff in the end to show him waking up or anything like that. But yeah. I mean, the way the movie plays out, like after he passes out when his bike gets stolen, it gets just really hyper whimsical at that point, you know. And so, is this really happening, or is it just going on in his mind? So, yeah, that's a good question. Good question. Um, yeah, he's if whether it is or not. I mean, I, I think that's a that's one mind that I, I don't want to be in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, so at the diner he meets Simone. Yeah, yeah, Simone. And um yeah, she's she's wanting to uh practice her French and um move to Paris and um I I you know, I've always wondered, you know, when I see these movies or references about washing dishes when you forget your wallet, it, does that really happen? Cuz I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it does cuz he because apparently no one else is doing dishes in that diner. I saw how tall those dishes were piled up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, it it made me almost wonder, you know, if, should I just like forget my wallet one day and see if it, if if I can work off my meal washing dishes? <laughs> yeah, you go you go ahead and try that out, Paul, and then report back <laughs> to us. Report back how that works out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But you yeah. know the, the whole the whole scene with Simone and following her dream, that leads up to sexual overtone number three for me when they're in the dinosaur, because I remember watching that scene as a kid and I remember making jokes about it, like afterwards not really realizing what they were actually talking about, especially the lines like "Let's talk about your big butt," mm-hmm. you know. I would I would I remember saying that line in jest and like watching it, I was like, man. So Andy thinks there's some stuff going on up there, and I can see why he thinks yeah. it. Yeah, I can see why, you know, he's upset. I mean, o- overhearing things like, you know, no one's ever put it to me so good like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know what's going on. I would assume the same thing if I was listening on that dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. funny thing is I've been to that little dinosaur park, uh, maybe about five six years ago, I was on a I was on a trip for work, 
and our bus broke down right at that dinosaur park. And where, and where's that at? It's in Cabazon, California. Okay. So okay. it's like going towards Palm Springs, California from Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. we broke down and I noticed the dinosaurs in the background. So I got off the bus. Uh, there's not a little diner there. None of that's there. It's just an open field <laughs> with a little gas station and the dinosaurs, they turned it into a whole dinosaur park. So there's a lot of fake dinosaurs out there, but I kind of thought it was cool. I took pictures of the dinosaurs stuff like that and that really does exist there. Huh. Wow. That's pretty, can, can you go up into the dinosaurs? No, you cannot. There no. are, there no. is a door there, but it's blocked off and it says no one's allowed in there. So I'm yeah. sure you are able, or at one point people were allowed to, but not now. Yeah. 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 Cause they're old and rickety now. Those things look like they can fall apart at any time. <laughs> they're fossils is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, nailed it, Paul. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. So, so, and, so Andy, uh, Chases him off, and and uh, uh, the next stop is he he ends up in uh, in San Antonio, and and you know one of the things I realized about uh, well you know I'm skipping some things right so, mm-hmm. um, but um, one thing I did you know like about uh, and I never picked up on this before, but it if you you remove the, some of the silly. Uh, Remarks about, you know, can you say tortilla? You know, and, and things like that. Yeah. It, they gave a pretty good little Alamo lesson in Texas history there. Oh yeah. You know, um, in that, in that fact, little scene. Fun fact about, about her, a majority of that tour was ad-libbed by her. It wasn't really scripted and she did a lot of ad-libbing when she was doing that tour for the group. Nice. Yeah. But real, real quick. So I did a little research to see because when he runs on the train and meets the old man on the train and everything, there is a train track that runs past those dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and there is a train that runs from there to San Antonio. So it's all plausible. There's yeah. a train that runs from Florida to Los Angeles every week, and it runs past that area every week. So that mm-hmm. is plausible to happen. Yeah. Is that the is that the train that runs? Along I-10? Yes, that's yeah. that train. I, I, I see that train, you know, between, you, you can, you can kind of follow along, you know, as you're, as you're driving, um, after you get past San Antonio, uh, it's just like you on I-10 and those, uh, those tracks all the way to El Paso. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I've taken that train from Houston to El Paso. It's a long trip. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so, um, and I, I, I wonder how many people before this movie knew that there was no basement in the Alamo. I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> well, I mean, coming from California, I didn't know anything about the Alamo really. We don't learn that in California. Yeah. So that was, that was news to me back then. Yeah. Now, did, did you, uh, when you moved here from California, did you did you think you would get to Texas and and everyone would be singing uh, the stars at night? No. no, no. I remember. I distinctly remember when we were moving. Uh, there was a man walking past our house as we were packing our house up, and he asked us where we were moving. We told him Texas. And me and my brother were kids, and I remember the man told us that there's nothing but cowboys and ranches and stuff in Texas. 
And so, like, we had this vision that we're going to go live on a ranch and be ranch hands. <laughs> no, Houston's a city. There were buildings and stuff there. <laughs> that man just lied to us. Yeah, I, I had a coworker once uh, that uh, she said her, her husband was bringing in a client. Um, uh, it picked up a client from the airport one day, and it was the man's first first trip to uh, to Texas. And it happened to be um, the week of um, of the trail rides in for the rodeo. Mm-hmm. And so they were driving into downtown and passing all the trail riders. And the guy was just looking and, and he was like, is there something going on? And he was just dead. Deadpan was just like, no, this is every day in Texas. We call this you know, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he had him go in there for, uh, um, for the day until, until he figured out that there was a rodeo in town. So that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, now let's see, before we get to him recovering his bike, is there anything else that you want to talk about in between? Um, no, I mean, Aside from the uh, the stereotype they put on Texas uh, in that ridiculous cowboy outfit that he was wearing, um, I think it, everything else was just really cool. I mean, it was it was an interesting watch to uh, once again he has that whimsical dream of bad dinosaurs and bad clowns with his bike. Yeah, uh, but I think that that was a good lead in to uh, to where we go from there. Um, did we pass up the bike scene already? The bicycle club? I don't remember now. Yeah, we, we, um, yeah, we didn't talk about the, the, the motorcycle club, you know, um, is, is, I mean, we mentioned that my wife danced to it at our wedding to a tequila. Um, but, uh, that's one of, one of, I, I imagine that's one of your sexual in, innuendo. Oh yeah. One of the sexual too, overtones. like, let me have them first. Yep. Which, which, another fun fact: the lady who played that role is Elvira, Mistress of the Night. Ah. Okay. Yeah. I thought she looked familiar. Yep. I used to watch a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of that uh, back in the day. So. But yeah, I, 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 the bike scene—that that's an iconic dance. I remember doing that dance also as a kid. <laughs> Not realizing the sexual overtones with that as well. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about this thing besides the fact that he can't ride a motorcycle. I still crack up laughing when I see him run into the sign. I think that's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, when, with, when that dance scene was happening, you know, the way I remember it is like that it was at least, you know, the way I remember it when I was a kid, it was, it was a, that scene or that dance was a hit from the very beginning, but it oh, wasn't. Yeah. It, it was like at, when he first starts dancing, they're rolling their eyes. You know, they, they do not look entertained and it's not until he starts breaking shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, absolutely. and then they're like, yeah, yeah. Destructive. All of a sudden it becomes a cool dance. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's like, you know, and, yeah, I was, I was, I did not even pick up on that when I was a kid though. I was like, yeah, I was like, he, uh, he, he pulled it through, pulled it through yep. there at the end. Oh yeah. Pee Wee Herman, but, he can pull off anything. 
Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he you know to your point about the uh, the bike that you know that just goes to show you know not every bike is the same. You know, riding a bicycle is totally different than riding a motorcycle. I've never ridden a motorcycle, so um, you know. <laughs> I, I imagine I would probably crash through the sign myself. Yeah, uh, me too. Probably. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, I think he should have started with a moped. Yeah, pro- yeah, I mean, that's a good trainer bike, I guess. Um, Real quick before we move on to Hollywood, did you just not I'm, – I'm sure you love this the most out of anyone. Uh, Going back to the beginning of the movie, when he, when he first realizes his bike got stolen and he's just walking around – all the bikes different, everywhere. All the different types of bikes that go past them. It's not just oh, yeah. bikes. It's yeah, different it was like, types. It's it was like me at the airport looking at luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what that means, but okay, it works. Yeah, well, in college, I I worked at a luggage shop, and so so oh, okay. you know, so when I when I'm at the airport, I you know, I'm like. Oh look, there's my my wife gets annoyed with it. I'm like, oh look, that guy's got Toomey. Uh, they've got Hartman luggage. Oh, <laughs> oh they've got Samsonite. Uh, it, so yeah, that's funny. And I didn't briefcases know that too. Small. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's like so. But yeah, it's like we were watching that, and I was like, oh look, there's a penny farthing. There, yeah, I, I didn't know about there's I also noticed that um, there were a multitude of red and white bikes oh, in yeah. that scene. Oh, yeah. And, and they like, all ride intentionally close to him. Mm-hmm. They like all swerve to go in front of him. Right. You know, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, Paul loves this scene <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it was a VHS, that, that, that scene would probably have the, the little, um, the, the worn out marks, the square worn out part at the top and the bottom, you know, yeah. from the tape getting stretched out from the I rewinding and playing it back. We all know that you watched this on VHS today, Paul. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, so he makes it to Hollywood. Right. Right. So he, he makes it to Hollywood and he, he figures out, you know, that is where his bike is, which, um, I think, um, the, the, the kid, I, I forget his, the actor's name, but you know, he was also in, uh, um, the wonder years, but uh-huh. I believe, wasn't this his first? I believe so. I think this yeah. is his first first movie. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's like, so, I, I think this is one of the best bike bicycle chase scenes there is. Oh, by far, Paul. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Wait, can, uh, you, can you say that again? You're you are absolutely right, Paul. <laughs> yes. You can save that one. All right. It's on tape. Uh, but, but seriously, that, that bike scene, I could watch that over and over again without a problem. Cause I just love all the different aspects of the chase that are involved. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the, one thing that makes me chuckle all the time is when they're in the chase, they already have the Santa Claus, uh, sleigh and then Godzilla is riding in the sleigh with Santa Claus. And he kind of just has his arms around him like they're just chilling out going for a ride. I crack up every time I see that. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, uh, Twisted Sister in, in, oh, the, yeah. you know, in the middle of a video as oh, they yeah. roll through. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a great scene. Now, 
I don't know about you, but I I watched uh, you know we've got it on DVD, so I watched um, some of the deleted scenes, and uh-huh. there's an extended bicycle chase scene. I have not seen that. Um, there there's some funny parts, but let me just tell you, it's worse than listening to one of my stories, Dan. <laughs> I, I I think I think they did the appropriate amount of editing uh, ah, for okay. that bike scene because. Because there were some really slow sections in that extended version. Well, coming from California and being on a movie studio a couple of times, I'm just going to go out on a limb and tell you guys, people do not walk around like that in full costume at movie studios. You're and lying, man. You're it's lying. not like that at all. Whatever. Um, I, I don't believe you. But it was great to watch. And interestingly enough, the guy that was dressed up like in the red armor, who has the high pitched voice, that's Jombie from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, he, he's the actor that plays Jombie, and so, and you you'll find that there's a lot of crossover actors from this movie into Pee Wee's Playhouse, mm-hmm. and so I know Missy Vaughn has a role in the movie. I can't remember what role she plays, but she's in the movie. So there's a few characters that crossed over for this film. Yeah. Yep, yep. Obviously, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Was yeah, Phil, Phil Hartman was uh, was the cowboy in in um, in Pee Wee's Playhouse, right? I thought that was Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, was it Lawrence Fishburne? Okay. I think so. I can't remember what Phil. I think Phil Hartman. No, I can't remember what Phil Hartman played. He played something. So, but yeah, that the people don't walk around like that. But it was really fun to watch that. I remember as a kid, I was amazed. Like, whoa, that really goes on at the movies, and so. Watching that, like it was like uh, it it set a standard really high for me, thinking that's what goes on in the movies. And then I went actually went on a movie tour, and I saw no one. There was no one walking the back lots. <laughs> so, but yeah. we gotta. I mean, there is a legitimate case to arrest Pee Wee Herman for this chase, and the amount <laughs> of money he cost that studio. Yeah, that, that that looked like uh it would it would cost them a pretty penny. Um you know reshooting, damages, uh um, personal injury lawsuits. Personal injury, yeah. There there was a ton of damage done uh to that studio, definitely. Um I imagine I imagine uh you know getting rights to, to the movie uh that they made. I imagine that Pee Wee didn't didn't get anything out of that. <laughs> no, no, he, he got to not be in jail. Was right, what he got. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but yeah, no, it was it was a great scene. Um, I think they had it's just the right amount of time. I like how they accentuated or they they went into the different aspects of what Pee Wee's bike can do, its capabilities, yeah. uh, including the rocket powered bike. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I got to commend Pee Wee as well for um, it, this could very well be the the first photo bomb too in in his movie. Yeah. It, it, at, the, uh, at the at uh, the at the end of um, the when when the studio version was playing and you know he's playing the 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 uh, uh, the concierge. So, yeah. Yeah, the bellhopper, the concierge. And, uh, you know, they're, they're having their discussion and he's just, he, he's constantly trying to be in the scene. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and the worst acting ever. 
<laughs> yes, the worst acting ever. How, how did that not end up on the cutting room floor? Because <laughs> that studio. That's what he wants. Um, real quick, when he jumps over the wall and finds the pet shop on fire, mm-hmm. there are hundreds and hundreds of people in this movie studio and zero people in this town. <laughs> there is no one. There's a middle-of-the-day pet shop on fire closed, so there's no one in the streets, no one in this town, and Pee-wee has enough time to go and take out the animals before anyone even shows up. Yeah. What's wrong with this city? I don't know. And Or, or know, is it in his head? Well, the other thing is he just got his bike back, and I saw I see him struggling between, you know, saving the animals and leaving his bike there. But yet he just left it out there without chaining it up or anything. It's like it's like you just got it back. You just went across the nation to to search for your bike, and uh, and and you're gonna just leave it out there. It, he must be in a very safe part of town. Well, obviously, because no one was walking around that yeah. town. It was really <laughs> safe. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I don't and. So, yeah, I mean, was he in Redondo Beach at that point? I don't know. <laughs> Where he was. No, I mean, oh, yeah, because he was in L.A. I don't know. And then question number two, why is a chimpanzee that smart stuck in a cage in a pet shop? <laughs> that chimpanzee should be working in that movie studio, if you ask me. Yeah, maybe it was the uh, studio's uh, pet shop. The studio pet shop? I, mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps. And, and another thing is, Pee Wee Herman's passed out, surrounded by snakes, with a fire blaring behind him, and that cop still wants to arrest him right there. <laughs> that cop does not care about animals or fire. He just wants to arrest Pee Wee Herman. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any, um, any uh, criminal rights on his, uh, on his mind. Nope, in, in nope, not at yeah. all. Nope. Not all. And also, if you notice. One of the firemen steps on a snake. Oh, does he? Yeah, he doesn't take the animals into consideration at all. He just steps, and you could see, like, his foot land on the snake. <laughs> so so I guess there's no truth in uh, if there's a statement at the end that no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Yeah, or the animal survived. We don't, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, yeah, but, but it's cool that he got a, a movie deal out of it, right? Right, right, yeah. And uh yeah, it's a, it's a cool little remake with the with the with the motorcycle and everything. But uh but yeah, it it's, it still doesn't replace the the movie. It kind of you know the uh, the the studio feature that they were doing kind of reminded me of Pitfall or something. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so so the guy who played. Pee Wee Herman in the action film in the in the, the the studio film mm-hmm. that is James Brolin who's Josh Brolin's father and so I I read I, I went to I went to see because one of the kids kind of looks like Josh Brolin so I went to look to see if he was in the movie and it wasn't Josh Brolin but what I did find out was that the Goonies was being filmed on the same studio lot that was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And Paul Rubens walked over to watch some film, talked to Josh Brolin and said, hey, does your dad want to be in my film? And Josh Brolin's like, let me go ask him. And that's how James Brolin got into the film. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Nice. So, because I thought Josh Brolin was in the film, because there's a kid, one of the BMX kids looks just like Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, nice. but yeah, yeah, that whole that's kind of a mockumentary of an actual movie because of the way Pee Wee Herman like just looks into the camera and it, it was that it, it was pretty funny. But yeah. reason number five hundred why I think this is all in his head is because he could not get all those people together at a drive-in theater. There's no way. <laughs> Plus a, 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 a prison bus. And number two, he tried to slip him a, a hacksaw. That's an arrestable crime right there. And no one cared about it. He, he didn't know it was in the hot dog. Paul, mm. oh, quit sticking up for him. <laughs> so I did have a crush on Dottie. I oh, thought did Dottie you? was cute. Oh, yeah. 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 She, she was. She was cute. So. And she just threw himself, herself at Pee Wee. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, he was a loner. Yeah. A, rebel. <laughs> a rebel, yeah. You don't want to get mixed up in this. No, no, so. But like I said before, overall, I love this movie. And I could rewatch it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, so, um, so yeah, so take it from us. I mean, this movie, if you're looking for, you know, um, a bicycle movie to to watch um, during this this crisis or any time, you know, and then definitely check out Pee Wee's Big Adventure and and I think as I mentioned last time, I mean it's it's the 35th anniversary too of the movie coming out. Um, they did have a tour that was happening, but um, but that um, is is on hiatus because of because of this whole uh, pandemic, but um, but. Anyway, what what better time to watch it than um, than during the 35th anniversary year? Absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, then um, I think I think we're about out of time. Uh, next next time, uh, which one are we going to watch next? Time? Are we doing Quicksilver or Tour to Pharmacy? I, what, what are we doing next? Um, I don't know, but I'm excited to do Tour to Pharmacy. So either one works for me. Okay. Uh, uh, how about we do Quicksilver? I want to watch that this week. Okay. And then we'll Sounds do Quicksilver. We'll do Tour de Pharmacy the week after that. Cool. So I'll make sure to watch Quicksilver. Okay. So yeah, let's let's do uh, Quicksilver then uh, this next week, and hopefully you enjoyed this uh, this chat with Dan. And um, as always, yeah, like uh, you know, well, click subscribe. You like uh, the page on Facebook if you have comments or questions uh, you can email dropbartx at gmail.com you can leave a voicemail at anchor.fm and otherwise have fun, enjoy the sun or just rule 5 it peace